Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And if you are a first-time listener, so glad that you are joining us. And I really want to encourage you to make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Hit the radio link the very top of the homepage, and you can catch up on all the shows you were not able to listen to. And like I was saying yesterday, I've had lots of people say how much they are enjoying sharing them with their friends. It's a great way to spend a date night, especially when it's uh, the gender-related ones because they're really kind of fun and really cause people to feel a lot better about themselves when they realize they're not crazy for how, how they are made and how they're hardwired. So make sure you, jo- you really share those with your friends. They make for great connect groups as well. And also appreciate all the input we get from you on social media. So we are talking more about the way we think and what effect that has and the cr- inner critic that we have created in our thinking and really the relationship that you may have with your thoughts. And I pose the question to you again that I did yesterday. Do you believe everything you think? And unfortunately, we have a tendency to believe the negatives much more fiercely than we would ever believe the positive thoughts we have. It's so much easier to believe the negative. But I want you to think about the Bible's very clear when it's telling us that we can choose what to think. And we use that that Proverbs in chapter 23, verse 7, which says, For as a man thinketh within, so he is. I can choose how I think. Now, we're not going to be ridiculous about this. This still has to be reality-based thinking. But the idea is searching for the truth through God so we know what is real and true. Because there are a lot of things, and this may be kind of uh, difficult to comprehend, but there are many things that are very real to us that may not be true. And I give that example oftentimes with people that struggle with eating disorders. I can have someone struggling with anorexia that is below a body weight that is even close to being healthy for her or for him, and they are sure they are fat. They are sure they're fat. That is so real to them, they have begun to think it's true. So I want you to understand that your thoughts are very real. It doesn't make them all true. We need to line up our thoughts. We need to expose our thoughts to the truth that God has for us and recognize whether it's something we want to think on and what it's going to actually do to our physical health, emotional health, our relational health, whether we are productive, whether we are successful, whether we are walking out the call God has on our life. Our thoughts are like the gasoline we put into the car. They create that much energy or they steal that much energy. So we don't have to become a slave 
to negative and pessimistic thinking, we can choose what to think on. Now that's a lot uh, easier said than done. And I can have some repetitive thoughts or ones that I've thought on for so long they're very memorized. Then it takes a lot of trust to not believe those negative thoughts. Because sometimes those negative thoughts are associated with an experience. And that experience made those thoughts very, very real. And that became a premise that we make judgments on. This is why we want to always be saying to God, I want to test my thoughts against you. God, I want your thoughts, not my thoughts. Because I don't always know the thoughts of God, but I can ask him. I can present my thoughts to him. And one of the things we always know that never, never has forsaken me and has always worked is that the truth always sets us free. So if the thinking that you have is creating tremendous amounts of internal bondage, I have some people that have a hard time getting out of the house. They have a hard time taking any, taking on any new endeavor, taking any type of risk, trying to be in a relationship, or even being willing to express who they are or talk about their internal world because the fear and the bondage that they're in because of their thinking. So we always want to line up our thinking with the truth of God. And we want to say to ourselves, you know, if God really were sitting across from me and I was telling him all of my thoughts, what might he say? Or what if people were hearing all of my thoughts? Am I proud of those thoughts? Do I believe all those thoughts? So it's imperative that we have really good mental hygiene. Our thinking and thought process does not have to control us. We can control it. We actually do have choice. And again, like I said yesterday, I don't have choice over every initial thought I have. My brain is like a computer, similar to your computer and, and Google. You, think so, you put something into the browser, you get a whole bunch of stuff that Google sends you. Well, I have a browser in my brain. I put something in it, I get a whole bunch of options to think about. But I'm the one that chooses. What do I think on? So understand that negative types of thinking really truly can be broken. Now, it can be an actual real stronghold in your life, maybe because it's been thought on and thought on for so long that you get mired down into that type of negative thinking. But it really can be changed. And the way that we do that has a lot to do with many biblical scriptures. And one of my favorite ones, and this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we demolish agreements in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought must bow to God. And God decides what thoughts he will let stand. I want you to think about that. The more you cast your thoughts on God, the more you give your thoughts to God, they bow to God. He decides which ones stand. So one of the ways that we address the way we think is by taking captive all of those thoughts. And some of the times the taking captive, you can envision in your mind 
a box you put it in, a chest that you put them in and lock it. You can picture a duffel bag that you keep stuffing them in. And that you say, you know, later I'm going to talk to God about these, but I'm not going to think on these thoughts right now. You can write them down on a piece of paper and say those are thoughts for later. And our brain responds really well to these, uh, these exercises. It gives it something to do other than continue to think on that thought. It helps to free your own brain to think on other thoughts. So you need to learn to work with your own mind, your own brain. And remind yourself that our brains aren't us. We control our brain. We control what it thinks. That's what our mind is for. Our mind goes to heaven. Our mind is who we are. Our mind, our soul, our spirit. But our brain is a part of our body. Our brain is an organ like any other organ. And we use it to think and to problem solve. And if we help it and clean it up, help it to be very efficient without bogging it down with a whole bunch of negative thinking, you might be surprised at how much you enjoy your own mind. So the bottom line is we have to learn how to develop right thinking in our thought process. And our part is to do the best we can to try and think and dwell on things that God wants us to be concentrating and focusing on. I try hard not to complain to God. And sometimes if I want to, I say, okay, God, I'm going to complain for a couple minutes and then I'm going to stop. Because I really want to honor God. He's very happy with how he made me. Even if I'm not, he is. He would love it if I was. I know you are in relationship with, with differ, differing people. And one of the things that I talk at length about with women is how insulting it is to the men in their lives when they complain about their appearance. Now, we do this with our girlfriends all the time, but men take it very personally because that man chose you. He wanted you. He loves you. Well, it's similar with God. There's a lot of times I think that God gets really tired of hearing all of our negative thinking when he knows the truth. And that's always what we want to get to. So we ended yesterday talking about what can I do to have some good mental hygiene so I can create a new relationship with my thoughts. And what that looks like is being an observer of that thought. So let's go back to the client I said that may be anorexic. She or he is fixated and overwhelmed by how much they hate their body how ugly they think it is, how fat it is, they can't even stand to live in it. They are constantly, compulsively thinking about their body in negative terms. And they're constantly assessing where it's at. Am I gaining weight? Am I losing weight? They may compulsively step on the scale all during the day. They may have certain pairs of clothing, pants, tops, or whatever that gauge whether or not they're bigger or smaller from, from one day to the next. So one of the things that helps is I say to them, why don't you be an observer of that thought? That thought that's coming towards you saying, you are so fat, you are so ugly, you shouldn't even walk out of the house. Let's observe that for a minute. Instead of taking it so personally, observe the thought. And then I want you to say, what if someone heard those thoughts? What might they say to me? 
And this is always a trust issue. Always a trust issue for someone with an eating disorder. Because if they're anorexic, we know that they're not fat. And the trust issue is, if I tell them what I think, and they tell me the truth, am I going to believe it or not? Can I trust them with the truth? This is why God wants to know our thoughts. We can trust him to tell us the truth. And the truth will always set us free. So we, when we find ourselves in bondage, wrestling around, rehashing conversations, events of the past, going over them and over them and over them, we need to ask God to help us observe it. Observe those thoughts and what they mean and ask for the truth and help us to have the trust to believe him when he tells us the truth. So always be noticing your thoughts. One of the ways to be observant and to get a little distance from them is also just to notice them. Just see them as, you know, we have those electronic billboards that just keep going, keep going, keep going, changing the picture, changing the words. Or if you've ever seen, you know, NAS the NASDAQ, it just keeps, keeps cycling. Well, sometimes it helps to just notice the thought and not necessarily think anything about it. Just notice it. Remind yourself that negative thoughts are normal. That is just the way that the human condition has found itself. We see it all through the Bible. All the great patriarchs of God complained, lamented, had lots of negative thinking. So you can also shift your attention. What else could I think on right now and give myself a break. I can always go back to that thought, right? We know where the thought is. You can go retrieve it. But shift your attention for a minute. Give your brain a little mini vacation. Think on something good. And practice that verse when God says, think on these things. Think on something good. What's a good memory that you have? What's a kind thing that someone did? Even if it's just opening the door for you. What's a compliment that you've received that you're refusing to believe? What are the things that God says about you? And it is innumerable, the positive things that God says about you. So shift your attention. The other thing, you can simply mentally file it. You can say, you know what, I'm going to pick that thought up later. So I'm going to file it away. And you can picture a filing cabinet if you want. Whatever, whatever works. Some people don't visualize it as well. They don't like that. But whatever works, you file it. Say, I can always come back to it. I don't have to fight with it. I don't have to argue with it. I can simply file it away. That's why it helps many times to write it down. If I write it down, then I can really, truly, physically file it away. If none of that works, just directly address it. Talk right to the thought. Tell the thought what you know to be true. Tell the thought you're not interested in what it's saying. The other thing that also works, which is a very strange thing that we do many times in therapy, is we change the I statement to you. So let me give you an example. Let's say my statement inside of my head was, I am not successful. I am not loved. I am not attractive. I am dumb. 
Let's think of how that sounds. When I'm saying it, it's a lot easier to tolerate. It doesn't feel very good. But it's kind of convincing. Because it's me saying I, right? And we started out with that saying, how do I talk about myself? How do I talk to me about myself, right? But if you change it to you, you get a lot different perspective. So instead of saying, I'm not very successful, I'm not very attractive, I'm not very loved, I'm not wanted, whatever that is, change it to you. You are not attractive. You are not loved. You are not successful. What does that feel like? And there will be a tendency for your brain to automatically refute it. It won't like that accusation. And so it's these little mental mind games that we can do that help us get a handle on our brain. The same way, think about your computer, all the different things that you have on your computer to help you get a handle, help you control it, right? This is what we're doing. You can also throw it away. You can just simply say to yourself, I'm going to throw that thought away. That thought is not worth anything. And I'm throwing it away. It's trash. It's garbage. I don't have time for it. I don't need it. I'm throwing it away. Throwing it into the abyss. And then you say, thank you. Thank you for letting me throw that away. Because always remember, courtesy, kindness, politeness, even if it's in your thoughts towards yourself, increase endorphins. Help the self-repair mechanisms to really be given back to you so that your brain can heal from the negative thinking. So use the I, use the you versus the I. And then I want you to always remind yourself that the truth will always set you free. And the things I want you to think on are things that are truth-based. I want you to be responsible for what you think on. I don't want you to feel responsible for every pop-up that you have in your brain. I just want you to be responsible for what you do with it. So this is very important. When we think about the Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, so it is. What you think on, so it is. That's a very powerful statement. So this is also one of the things that I can do with my thoughts. Add so it is on the end of the thought, and how does that feel? I am, I am unsuccessful, so it is. That's basically what God is saying to you about thoughts. Thy will be done. Let it be. Let it be as you've said. That's what the so it is means. So if I say, I am fat, so it is. I am ugly, so it is. This is how powerful this is for you, and in terms of your own well-being and your own peace of mind. So I want you to think about creating that new relationship with your thoughts is very freeing. And like we said, you might not be able to control what always pops up, but you can control how you respond, and you can control what action you take. Think about this thought. We, many people have this thought, the thought of being alone forever. It doesn't have to lead you to give up on dating or to stay in an unhappy relationship. It's just a thought. And you get to decide how long you live your life according to what you value. 
See, we have a tendency to just believe our thoughts. So we say, well, if I get in a relationship, it's, it's never going to work because they never do. So it is. That doesn't mean I have to believe it. I can hear that thought and say, just because it sounds like a fact or it sounds like a statement, it's most likely coming from a feeling. So what is the feeling underneath the thought that I'm hearing in my head? I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Nobody's ever going to love me again. Nobody will ever want me. I can't have successful relationships. What is the feeling that you hear underneath those statements I just said? Fear, right? And what's underneath the fear? Probably hurt. Been hurt before. This is important to understand where is this coming from? What is it telling me? What am I really actually trying to tell myself so that I can have truth to the inmost parts of my being? That's what God wants for us to have. That's where true freedom lies. So I don't believe everything I think. But I ask myself, why does that one keep popping up? What's behind it? What's underneath it? What is my brain? What is my subconscious unconscious trying to tell me? What am I actually hearing? And in that process... This is the me, myself, and I. Can you have compassion on yourself? When I hear those thoughts, instead of being angry or just immediately believing them and deciding that's my destiny, when I really hear the thoughts in my mind and I ask myself, where is that coming from? What's that thought telling me? What's the worry? What's the angst? What's the anguish? What's the fear? What's the sadness? Is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it unforgiveness? What is it telling me? And can I then have compassion on myself? Because I, I'll, I promise you, if your mind knows that you will always have compassion, it will tell you more things. And it won't lie to you as much because it will have less fear. A fear-based brain does not think well. An angered brain does not think well. A jealous, envious brain does not think well. So we always want to find out what's underneath the thought. Because thoughts lead to feelings, right? And feelings lead to thoughts. So I hope this has been helpful for you. And I want to remind you again about the 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, we demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Remind yourself, every thought you bring to God has to bow. He helps you decide which ones will stand. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. Remind yourself, whatever you think upon, whatever a man thinks within himself, so it is. God bless you today. I'm thinking great thoughts about you. I am. I know you are good people. And God loves you deeply and wants to love you completely in a way that makes sense to you. So be good to you. Have a great day. 
to hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.